Y-M-C-P-O-D-Cast, we gonna take it down. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Nacho Mama's, yeah, Mama's Christian Podcast, a Christian podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm your host, Shane Topper say, what's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? And Topper, why did I get you to say what's up, everybody? Well, because the guy that we normally get to say it is actually... Not here today. Good riddance. Yeah, really. Am I right? Yeah, it feels good. It feels so much better. You know what? Less stressful. This just feels right. It, it does feel right. <laughs> yeah. This is our sweet spot. I'm having a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right it's just, I don't know. It's so fun. Yeah. So Eric is is away in Disneyland mm-hmm. right now because obviously his family is more important to him than this podcast and all of our listeners. Yeah. Which is only biblical. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but he's out there in... Uh, in California, spending some time with the kids. He's actually in Disneyland right this second as we are speaking. He is right this second. So I bet he's having a good time. Probably yeah. seen us. Did you see any snaps from him today? I did. I, I think did they did the um, princess uh, breakfast, yep. I believe. Yep. It was pretty cool because Eric has, he talks about them all the time. It's like, geez, Eric, shut up about know, your kids. Know, Am I right? right? Not that special. I think but... he likes princesses a little better now. <laughs> but he was with his, uh, with his girls and it was pretty cool seeing videos of his little girl's dressed as princesses and seeing these princesses walk in and yeah. like being amazed like that was, it was pretty yeah, fun Brooklyn to watch really really thought <laughs> yes yeah, absolutely she did. every single one yeah like she was absolutely amazed when they were walking in so that was it's kind of funny to see but uh I, it looks like they're having a good time out there so yeah. but while the cat's away the mice will play. That's right. That's right. You know what? See, that's what I mean. When he's not here, we just feed off we of each other. We get each other's. We finish each other's sandwiches. Uh, wow, <laughs> little frozen joke for you. In summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is so much better. Cool. So, hey, Tyler, but I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Tell me a little bit about your college experience. Now, how long ago were you in college? How many years oh, has it been? Oh my! So I graduated in 2012. Uh huh. That's guy. It's been about five years then. Oh wow! Impressive. College, yeah. So, so what? Tell me about your college experience. Where did, did where did you go? All those sort of things. Yeah, I went. So I commuted to University of Baltimore. Uh-huh. Actually, Eric and I went there for the same time, just for a short period of time. Okay. Um, but it was to me it was it was kind of like a glorified high school. <laughs> University of Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, just because I mean the the education was good. It uh-huh. was, it, but there was no campus life. Yeah. The school was really small. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't really any activity. They didn't really have any activities that they planned. You, right. you just didn't feel, you didn't get that college experience. You didn't go there for the social part of college. No. You went there for the degree. Went there for the degree. Yeah. So so you didn't live on campus. No, I didn't live on campus. You commuted there. It was about a 20-minute commute. Were you there minutes. like five days a week? It was, it was actually pretty cool because the school was not open on Fridays. What? That was a selling point. To wow! Me, to me, wanting to go there, it wasn't even an option to take classes Fridays. It wasn't even an option. So <laughs> That's awesome. You had to do it Monday through Thursday, which yeah. was really cool. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Um, I was there for the most part. I, I took pretty much five classes a semester, so I was there okay. full time. So now, when you went, you would show up to class. You would drive there. You would go to class. When yeah. class was over, would you hang out like in the cafeteria? Would you talk to anybody or what? See, and, and since I didn't like, you didn't live in a dorm and there wasn't really too many places to hang out, you didn't get other, unless you had classes with like the same people, multiple yeah. classes with the same people, you really didn't get a chance to meet a lot of people. Uh-huh. And so a majority of my friends in college were girls because <laughs> all of the, because I went to school for human resources, oh, yeah? which is a 
predominantly female uh-huh. uh, major. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I ended up with. Wow. Now, was that intentional? Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe <not. laughs> You'll never know. You'll never know. But, so, uh, so what, what about you? Well, how was your... Well, I started off at community college, and you, yeah. you I did. went to I community college. Too. I actually started. Started off community college, which honestly, so here's the thing: I'm I'm not always a huge guy who's like you got to have the college experience all the time. There's nothing wrong with it, but I don't think that you have. Like, if you don't do it, then it's not like you're missing out on the world. Yeah, I think that it's a gr- it's great to get the college experience, but I don't think it's necessary. So I started off at community college, and and I I didn't have any problem still living at home with my uh, parents because my parents were awesome and, and they weren't like overbearing. Cooked dinner for you every night. Yeah, free food, <laughs> all that stuff. And so if you can go to, well, first off, I didn't really have an option. I had to go to community college because I didn't get good grades in high school. But <laughs> if you go to community college, you got to take certain classes anyways, right? Yep, yeah. So you got to take your Englishes, your science, your math, yep. regardless of what your major is. So community college means you can go there, pay less money, exactly. and probably get a little bit easier yeah. classes to do it and then be done with it and then yeah. and most people when they go to college they change their major after their like first or second year anyway yep yeah like it's 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 like a high number oh, now, yeah. i don't have the exact number but i know that it's an extremely high number of people who start with a major and change it yeah i mean it's it's rare for a 17 year old to know what they want exactly. to do like you ask some a seventeen year old what they yeah. want to do when they grow up, they're not going to know. They're not going to know. They're, they have, still have so much living to do. Some some might. Yeah, some might have an idea. Yeah. But more than that, right. change. Yep. And so so I go to community college first, and then I didn't discover that I want to be a pastor until my first year at community college. I didn't know what I want to do, so I was like, I'm just going to take general classes. And then I was like, I think I want to be a pastor, so I started to go to school for that. I went to a school in Oklahoma called Southern Nazarene University. Mm. For one semester. One semester. And it was it was a good school. It wasn't against school, but I just like being home. Yeah. I was dating a girl at home too, so that yeah. obviously had oh, yeah. impact on it. Which, so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to transfer to a school called Washington Bible College, uh, which is right outside of D.C. in Greenbelt, Lanham, mm-hmm. Maryland, and I commuted there. Washington Bible College is probably the smallest school <laughs> you could ever go to it's like hardly anybody that went to the school so small and it doesn't even exist anymore actually wow. it was actually bought out by lancaster bible college so if you follow me my college c- career started at uh, community college of baltimore county in catonsville ccbc uh, which is where you yeah, went same, same. not the same time one semester at southern nazarene university in oklahoma transfer i Go to Washington Bible College, and I'm there for way longer than I should have been. <laughs> Not because I failed classes, but because I didn't always take classes full time. Because I was also working as a pastor right. during that. Right. And uh, by the time I gr- I finished uh, all my classes at Washington Bible College, I had one semester left, and the school was bought out by Lancaster Bible College. So my degree is actually from Lancaster Bible <laughs> College, and I've never stepped foot on their campus. Wow, isn't that crazy? That really is. So it, and here's the other kicker, I finished school, but I never applied for graduation for quite a few years. Oh wow! I finished school years ago, but I never officially graduated. Man. I, I finished all my classes, all everything. I just I was like I didn't care about walking or any of that yeah. stuff. So I literally just got my college degree like a couple weeks ago, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, I'm, so and I'm thirty. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
Isn't that crazy? That really is. That is so crazy. See, it sounds like you had a pretty crazy college life. And you know what? It's a life of a pastor, man. It's a life of a pastor right there. <laughs> life of a pastor in college. Oh, yeah. But with all that being said, if we're talking about the social part of school, mm-hmm. there was zero social aspect at Washington Bible College. Well, now, when I lived at in Oklahoma, I got a taste of the college life, and yeah. it was great. It was fun. Made a lot of friends, lifelong friends, even though I was only there for a few months. Yeah. But at Washington Bible College, I literally would drive. It was about a 30-minute drive from my house, mm-hmm. go to class. I would only go to class. I, I would schedule my classes like a couple days a week, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday if I could. Mm-hmm. Go to class. And when class was over, I would leave. Really had no yeah. relationships. There were people I met there. Right. and Like I'm friends with, some, with, with people on Facebook. Yeah. But besides that, really no social interaction whatsoever with anybody – there, so Topper, yeah, did did would you say that you or I had the the college experience? No, not at all. I would say no, but you know who you know who did who? Have the college experience? Who? Our guest today. Oh yeah, yeah. So we have a guest. Yeah, what's her name? Uh, Katie Bulmer. Bulmer. Now I told yeah. her before we started recording that her name, her last name, Bulmer, <laughs> Bulmer, sounds a lot like how we say Baltimore. Right. See, Baltimore is spelled. Like Baltimore, that's how it should be pronounced. How do we say it, Topper? Baltimore. 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 And if you say it really quick, it sounds like her last name. That's right. Yeah. So we had uh, Katie on today to talk about, uh, she's actually an author of a book called Sorority Girls Can Change the World. She's a former sorority girl. Yep. Um, so we wanted to hear more about her and just the struggle to maintain uh, you know, a Christian life from all, you know, from all the things, the culture that surrounds you in the sorority. And we wanted to get to know more about what a sorority is too yeah. because we have some friends that have joined a sorority and or fraternity. every uh, yeah or fraternity and every time mm-hmm. i've tried to understand what it is i i don't have a clear explanation yeah, yeah. So, i know i i've actually fun. really struggled with it i remember um dating a girl in college uh well now my wife was i said that i say this in the interview she was part of a fraternity slash sorority and mm-hmm. i think it was actually called a fraternity but it was guys and girls okay. it was co-ed so it wasn't just uh, you know one sex um and so she she had that experience and loved it. Yeah. She really enjoyed it and she had like a big and she had a little and people that she invested in and mentors and all yeah. that stuff. I don't really understand a lot of it. <laughs> but I remember dating another girl who was a part of a sorority and I remember asking her one point, she didn't even really enjoy it. So I was like, well, so what? what's the point of this? Mm. She's like, well, to make friends. And I was like, and now you have to pay dues? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. So I was like, so are you paying money to be to make friends <laughs> and she was like well like that yeah but she also wasn't as invested right, right. so i know that uh like katie will talk about this mm-hmm. the community involved in it is great right and a lot of times they you know i don't know if all of them take money or uh-huh. not or, or what it is but a lot of them have good things about them a lot of them have bad things about them yeah you ever see like um uh videos or pictures of uh when college is first starting off and parents are bringing their freshmen to school. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see like um, uh, it's all the fraternities? Those guys who like hang signs outside of their house, uh-huh. and it would say like, "Hey, dads, drop your freshman girls off here." You ever see that? Gosh, that is so scary. When I saw <laughs> it, I was like, "I'm never. My daughter is not no. going to school. <laughs> she is not going oh, to college." Gosh. So it could be kind of scary. Yeah. But not that I realize that that is a minority. Yeah. And they get the attention, but that's not always the case. So, yeah. 
So Katie talks about how you can keep your faith in school, be a part of a sorority, and how to make a difference, and it's a really good interview. So um, here's our here's our conversation with Katie. are here with uh, Katie Bulmer, uh, former sorority girl and author of Sorority Girls Can Change the World. Thanks, Katie, for joining us today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Of course. So before we kind of dig into the topic, we just wanted to give you the opportunity introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of your story. Okay, great. So my name is Katie Bulmer. I was a marketing major. I've just been very interested in all forms of advertising, so I kind of dove right in with a working career in advertising. I worked in New York and Atlanta and different areas in the Southeast um, doing pretty much any type of advertising you can imagine, radio, print, all that kind of stuff. And what fascinated me, I don't know if you want to go ahead and get into this, (laughs) is um, just the the phenomenons I saw on Greek Row, like without any additional advertising dollars, huge explosions with marketing would happen. I'm like, wait, what this was a no-name brand two years ago. What just happened? And then I saw, you know, all the sorority girls wearing it. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> so that's the the start of where all that came from. Wow, awesome. So so you wrote this book called Sorority Girls Can Change the World. Yeah. Give us a little bit of a, a background into what, what this book is about. Uh, now, we were talking beforehand, before we started uh, talking with you, and we were saying we know nothing about <laughs> sororities. So, so you need yeah. to fill us in and, uh, and give us a little bit about why you decided to write the book and what it's about. Okay, cool. So it's funny because, you know, I did my four years, so, you know, college time, sorority time, Thought that that was done, never looked back, didn't care to look back, you know, whatever. That was then, that was fun. Um, but it was really kind of a God thing. So I, well, I was totally your typical, what you would imagine as a sorority girl, doing the keg stands, dating the cute boys. <laughs> well, you know, they were total losers, but it was arm candy. That's what I told myself. Anyway, uh-huh. so just heartbroken, hangover, all that stuff. Um, Jesus came and wrecked all that and totally, you know, took me on a whole long ride and that's kind of the, the intro to the book talking about how deep, how kind of dark that place was and how I thought I had all that life had to offer. I had the cute shoes and the popularity and the cute boyfriend, but for what, you know, and I was just, I kept getting hungover and kept getting heartbroken and, you know, going through the cycle. I'm like, there's gotta be, you know, something else. And so of course Jesus came and totally wrecked that in a really good way. Um, met a wonderful husband which just, you know, he's definitely, you know, a huge part of my testimony. But um, why I wrote the book, so I, I kept, I, you know, maybe like in my upper 20s and I'm like looking to do all these things for God, you know, like, right. oh, okay, well, I'll serve the homeless and oh, okay, I'll do this and I'll do that. And um, God just totally, <laughs> he has a, you know, we, we think we have it all figured out and he's yeah. like, uh, no, you don't, that's cute, <laughs> but you don't have it all figured out. So I was literally... Um, I, if you know, there's a few times in your life when you like audibly hear the voice of God, and He tells me, I, you have this testimony for sorority women. You were a touch of typical sorority girl. I came and changed all that. I want you to share your testimony with sorority women. I was like, um, okay, well, how about I'll serve the homeless instead? Because, you know, sorority girls are intimidating and they're pretty, and like, I'm not 20 anymore. I know I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, I have not I think, talked to many of them in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I got accepted to be one. But anyway, um, so I, I did that. And literally, like, I'm spinning my wheels. I, I had a homeless girl steal from me. I had 
I did all these, like doing all this hard work, you know, and then again, God's like, that's cute, but I've made you to share your testimony with sorority women. Like, let's get to this. Yeah. So I was like, fine. And then it's just crazy how once you finally surrender to what he wants and how all these doors open up. I was wow. teaching yoga at um, a local gym and like this president and local sorority that I was a member of started coming and got to know her and got to start speaking and sharing my testimony and just crazy how all the doors open and um, girls are responsive and they're like, oh, we want to hear how you, you really like you can be part of a sorority and like not live for the boys and the booze. Like there's, there's something yeah. out there that's different. Like uh, tell me more. So that's, that's where I am. And I figured I should write a book about it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That, that's great that it, that brought out this awesome testimony for you and everything. So I guess we, we were interested in knowing what is the appeal to joining a sorority for, for, for you know, a girl, uh, straight out of high school who's looking to get into college, you know, what does that appeal for them to join one? I think it's just kind of at the core of all of us. We just want to belong, you know. Um, you guys heard of Brene Brown? No. Um, she's she's a super popular TED Talk speaker, and she okay. writes a lot of books on all this kind of stuff. And she, I love to quote her. She just talks about how, like, at the core of all of us is just we want to belong. And I think that that's so perfect right. for being a sorority. Yeah, you know, some people say, well, this one's the best and that one's the best. At the core, we're all – they're much more in common than they have separate. And I think that um, they just want to belong. And the cool thing about it is the majority of the roots of the sororities were on Christian values. The very first sorority, A.D. Pi, looked to the 15th Psalm for what should be our blueprint of mm. who's part of this club you know who's part of this yeah. and um they said who shall abide in your tabernacle and they listed the characteristics of what that girl looked like and i just think that's awesome yeah yeah that's yeah. great so with with sororities and and fraternities a lot of times since we were never part of one um we we went to college and we graduated from college yeah. but we didn't really have like the four-year college experience i started off a community college actually we both yeah. did yep. and then yeah. went and then we commuted to school and i went to a school uh, Washington Bible College. It actually was closed down. Now. It only had like fifty people in the whole school, so it was really small. Oh yeah. But um, uh, so we never had these sort of experiences. My wife was a part of a fraternity slash sorority. It had guys and girls in it, I guess. Interesting. So and uh, um, and and she loved it. But most of the time, when you hear about these things, sororities, um, it's normally negative, right? right? You hear about like the the kid who got hazed so much yeah. and and his and his life is now messed up. Or I was just reading the other day about a fraternity who went through a hazing process and and one of the kids died from drinking too much alcohol. Uh, so like you hear about these sort of things more often than you do about the good things that they do. Because I know sure. that they do good things. My wife's one was really focused on doing community work and they went out and did things in the community, serving all those things, which are great. But um, these stereotypes that you hear about all the time, are they accurate or are they not or somewhere in between? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think that's kind of part of the heart behind the book as well. Yes, you know, typically when you hear sorority and fraternity, you're not thinking of Bible studies. And, you right, know, right. Like, um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely part of the heart behind the book because um, you get 200 girls and say, you know, that's the size of a lot of them. So you say, girls, like, what if we get 200 girls mm -hmm. and you partner with fraternity? So you get like 400 people and $5 and go spend three hours in the community. My yeah. word, you know, like every community should be rock star schools, should be rock star, um, you know, children's programs, elderly programs, cleaner streets, all of these amazing things. If you just took one social one semester, the amazing amount of impact and they go, oh, well, you know, we do philanthropy and they do. And like you said, they have incredible 
most philanthropies that they partner with have huge benefits because of the man and woman power. You know, like I said, you get in a lot of times if you make it mandatory, you can get this amazing turnout, 200 girls. Um, and then sponsorships even like just the manpower and a few dollars, like mm-hmm. huge amounts of good can happen. But again, a lot of these girls are 18 years old. They're like not even thinking about it. So that's the goal. Just like, wait a minute, like, let's think about this. If your sorority was gone tomorrow, who would miss you more? You know, the local, um, I don't know, a local, uh, great organization or tequila Tuesdays, you right. know, like, so, and, and who's going to, in 30 years, what's going to matter tequila Tuesdays or this local organization. So just think about this is, is all the point of that. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And I know that we also, we wanted to kind of touch on dating a little bit and how, yes. um, as a, you know, as a female in college, it's it's difficult because you have all these voices, these worldly voices telling you to settle for the norm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, how is it that a young adult female would find a godly relationship in a culture that tempts them to kind of find the opposite? I know it's oh, a tough that's question. Hard. So. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, I mean, if anything, I mean, obviously I want them to change the world with community service, but if anything, stop dating the losers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean that, I mean, any now definitely yeah. not a guy hater, but like, okay. <laughs> there's a lot Answer of the question. There's a lot of losing <laughs> guys love, out we there. We love good guys. Not <laughs> a good guy, but with especially if a young woman put their foot down and say, you know yeah. what? No, I'm not going to date you because you're drunk all the time and because you don't um, respect my body and you don't have any kind of dating life. If the beautiful, if beautiful women start putting their foot down, mm-hmm. okay, y'all are guys. What would happen? Yeah, yeah, it would change the game. It would change, <laughs> yeah. right? It would change everything. Uh-huh. The guys would say, well, oh, yeah. okay, we guess we should shape up. You <laughs> yeah, know, like, absolutely. I mean, so the beautiful women start putting their foot down and say, no, we're not going to settle anymore. I'm telling you, it could change the world. So anyway, to answer your question, how can they, you know, kind of change this? I think it's just one girl at a time. You know, you've probably heard it said in youth ministry, like when you're chasing the Lord, look to the left and the right and see who's chasing along with him. And I promise you, you think that nobody's chasing the Lord. That's just because you're traveling East. You turn your car around, start traveling West. You're going to see other guys chasing the Lord. And I mean, I had a girl that I kind of mentored that was like, you know, she was a young sorority girl. I didn't even think it was possible. And, um, and her life changed. She started seeking the Lord and now has a wonderful godly relationship. A guy who's seeking the Lord. They have a beautiful, you know, textbook, what you want your daughters to grow up and date. Like it's, it's, beautiful but just never right. even thought about it yeah. well and a lot of times i i, I see this all because i was a youth pastor for for almost 10 years and so when when these teenagers grow up and they leave school for the first time and they go to college they they have there is this mentality of well we got to have the college experience right we have we have these four years that it, we're never going to have this opportunity again in our life so we got to make sure we do all of the college things and a lot of times what they're talking about is partying, getting drunk, yeah. uh, meeting guys or meeting girls and doing all these things that are the opposite of what we should be pursuing. And we don't, mm-hmm. and they don't always realize the effect that it has on their life uh, afterwards. So, cause you yeah. see like every movie and TV show about like, Oh, these awesome college parties that everybody gets yeah. to go to and, and, and have a fun time at. So it's really difficult and challenging not only to find a godly relationship, but really just to keep your faith, period, once you go away to school. So sure. so how can somebody, when they do leave their parents' house for the first time and they go off to a four-year college, how do they stay plugged in and keep their faith? Is it even possible? And if so, what are things that they can do to ensure that? I think it's definitely possible. And again, that is why sororities were founded. You know, the very first 
founder, you know, I think that she was saying, this is hard to do this college life on my own. I do need sisters. And all of um, her sisters that she found were all pastor's daughters. They were all trying to seek the Lord on them on their own as well but again we're not made for to do this on our own right, you know no right. man is an island right That's so right. we need community and and at the if you look at the core of sororities and fraternities most of them were created for christian community so if you can get back to that that's all a beautiful thing now as you said of course the stereotype is not for doing bible studies <laughs> uh-huh. and the majority of them are not let's be real but I think there's pockets of that everywhere. Um, if, if they choose to do fraternity, sorority, you know, honestly, if our girls were in college tomorrow, would I want them to do sorority? Would that not? It, it depends on the school. It depends on, you know, the groups of girls, you know, the reputations, all that kind of stuff. But whether it's a fraternity or a sorority or a um, just a great Christian campus um, organization, I would say community is like the number yeah, one yeah. thing. You have to have people because you just can't. I mean, I can't if I was. Yeah, we have we need each other. Right. That's we, right. <laughs> we just have to. Yeah. So I would definitely say get and get in early because that freshman year is pivotal. You know, you decide to hang out with and but to answer your question as well, you hang out with like, you know, go to all the parties and do all this fun Okay, well, um, have fun, enjoy yourself, but there's no erase button to life. That's right. And let's define fun, you know, is waking up with the worst hangover of your life, is that, how fun is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, you know, a guy who promises forever, who's not really for real, like, how fun is that to have your heart broken? Like, it's not, let's define fun. Just because the movies look like it's fun, movies are made to make money. Yeah, so yeah. let's remember that. Yep. And let's remember your heavenly father laid out what's best for you because he knows better, not the movies. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, preach. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, could, you could be a preacher, that's for sure. So, um, so how then do you uh, make an impact in the lives of these girls? Do you find a way to – because you're not in college anymore. So, right. so how do you uh, make an impact in these sororities and fraternities? Do you have an opportunity to speak with them, to talk with them? Obviously, you have the book, which is awesome. But do, is there any other way as well that you can form this relationship with them? Yeah, so I've done small groups and Bible studies for years. I started off with just, you know, girls in churches and stuff. And again, you know, God kind of opened those doors about two years ago for me to kind of dive back in specifically with sorority women, which is cool because, of course, you know, I want our girls to be the ones who grow up um, and, you know, are in college ministry and stuff. But I feel like I speak the same language as the girls who were are very far, like church. Oh, yeah, I've seen it before. Like, but the girls who are living for the party and all that kind of stuff. And, and I speak the same language. Yeah, I get it. That is so important. And you think it's the most important thing ever, but even having all those things, it, it's not fulfilling, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but I make the impact through Bible studies and yes, I get to, um, 95% almost, um, got, we're talking today about a speaking deal in Houston. So that'll oh, be cool. fine. Um, and talking about four other colleges around the, um, around the nation next next week wow. or next fall. So I'm excited about that. So, yeah. so you get to travel to all these different schools and speak to like the whole school or to be speak to part of it or, or how does that work? Usually it's just a few, uh, like a sorority will partner with another sorority uh-huh. and they'll get together and sponsor it. Oh, great. So usually it's like two, maybe three, or then sometimes it's a, um, this one in SBU is going to be like, um, their whole Greek life, but it's a smaller Greek life. So it just depends on the school and how they do it and stuff. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so now working with so many uh, uh, different sororities, um, a very common thing with a lot of a lot of girls, especially in college, is dealing with anxiety, and um, uh, and it can be a really challenging thing going through your college life 
trying to get good grades, trying to make sure that you pass your classes, but also trying to fit in socially. And then there's all this pressure put on top of, of females as they are getting ready to, to leave and then start a career. How does that anxiety weigh on a female um, going through college? Oh, gosh. We put so much on ourselves, guys. Yeah. You think, <laughs> I mean, I remember just thinking, you know, you look back and you wish you were as um, ugly and, uh, uh, you know, all these things that you have when you're 20 that you don't realize that you have. Like, whew, yeah, de- definitely women put a lot on themselves. And I think that it's more it, it's worse with social media for sure. Yeah. You know, you look at this girl with her perfect Instagram page and and everything. Um, to answer that, again, we need community mm-hmm. and we need to compare ourselves to the right things. You know, this instant, these perfect squares of not real life is, is not something that we need to compare ourselves to. And remember that I don't take a picture of, um, I don't know, uh, terrible hair and fights and ugly, you know, real life. And no one else does either. But we all have that real life. Yeah. So not comparing ourselves to others, which is, of course, easier said than done, but getting yourself involved in with a community who, who supports each other and is real with each other. And, um, I think just not limiting your social media is probably a huge thing. <laughs> I think we all need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. So, and then with these, these, uh, sororities that are going on, I, I love what you talk about how it is based uh, in Christian values and having this community because when okay. people come together and all have a common goal that then good things can really happen and that's yeah. what you're kind of talking about here with changing the world and getting a group of people together on the same page and doing something that's worthwhile instead of just wasting our time uh, in school with partying and, and that whole scene as well so I, I think you're doing a really good thing here and making an impact mm-hmm. and a difference in a community that a lot of times we don't think about you know, like you talked about, you wanted to work with the homeless. Um, and that's like the first thing that a lot of people think of. Well, okay, if I want to serve somebody, I'm going to serve the homeless. But right. nobody talks about, I'm going to go and serve the sorority girls or the or the right. fraternity boys and see what I can do to to change their lives in that situation. So I, I thank you for what you're doing. It's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I know it's funny. Um, Mother Teresa said Calcuttas are everywhere. I never would have dreamed I'd find a Calcutta in a mansion on Greek Row, you know? Yeah. yeah. But it's such a mission field. It's such a mission field. And it's amazing how so few people do reach out to them. And they're just like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. I never, and I wish I would have had someone when I was 18 tell me the things that I've learned the hard way. Yeah. So I'm just trying to forward I guess. Right, right, right. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Katie, we want to give you an opportunity to, to just tell people how they can find out about you. Where can they find your book, um, social media that we shouldn't be using as much, but um, <laughs> how, can we, how can we connect with you uh, outside of this podcast? Okay, cool. So I do love Instagram. Um, and, you know, it's okay to do it. No, I try, I learned something the other day. It was something like, um, oh, just time blocking and telling yourself. That's good. Um, I don't look at my Instagram but one, or my uh, phone once an hour. I only look at my phone once an hour. Wow. I don't know. Sound like a cool yeah. thing to do. Anyway, katiebulmer.life. Um, K-A-T-I-E-B-U-L-M-E-R um, dot life. That's Instagram. That's my blog. That's pretty much everything. So Facebook. And where can they find your book at? You can buy it also on my website and it's on Amazon as well. Awesome. Awesome. I made it short, made it easy read for, cause I'm writing a college student, so they don't want to, that's right. That's awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us and uh, we look forward to, to what you're doing and, and we appreciate all that you're doing. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.